0: This is the Alchemy of Art podcast, episode 77, the Oracle and the Key. Quote of the day. This quote of the day was said by Aristotle. The aim of art is to represent not the outward appearance of things, but their inner significance. Art completes what nature cannot bring to finish. The artist gives us knowledge of nature's unrealized ends. Hello, everyone. The purpose of this podcast is to explore creative ways to transform our lives. Alchemy is the ancient study of changing materials from one thing into another, and we all do this every day. Whether you are a painter, a sculptor, a baker, a gardener, Every choice you make is transforming our world. On this podcast, we explore ways we can change both our physical and spiritual selves for the better. On this podcast, we hunt for the wise balance between accepting what is and taking empowered action. I am an artist. I sign my paintings with the name Vita. I teach online creativity classes and have written a few books, including The Alchemy of Painting, Developing Your Style and Purpose, and The Alchemy of Art Stories for the Classroom. When this podcast first started, it was to share just stories about artists that morphed into artist interviews. And now I've expanded our topic of discussion to include ways that everyone can harness their creative energy. Announcements. So, my biggest news of late is that I finished a book called Start Selling Your Art A Guide to Starting a Professional Art Business. And that is available on Amazon and it is available on Audible as a sound recording. So for those of you who like podcasts and listening to podcasts, you should give Audible a try. They have every book on the planet recorded and one of them includes Start Selling Your Art. I created this book as a guide for artists who are wanting to get professional, wanting to up their game, and move from hobbyist to career artist. So, in the book, I cover a lot of material, including how to articulate what your dream career should look like, how to market, how to price your work, how to sell work in person, uh, tips for selling (laughs) um, in a non-pushy way, and how to do art fairs, how to work with galleries, how to do commissions, how to find your perfect clients, and more. So again, that is available on Audible and Amazon. The title is Start Selling Your Art, A Guide to Starting a Professional Art Business. If you would like to receive inspiring artwork that I have made recently and updates on my Juicy New Projects, I welcome you to go to my website, which is studioalchemy.art, and sign up for my art newsletter. Now for our topic of the day. The topic of the day is kind of a funny one. I titled it The Oracle and the Key, and I'm going to tie together two things I have read about recently, and... Ways they could potentially inspire your artwork. So here's the first one. i read about the Oracle at Delphi. Now Delphi is a historic site. It was a a temple on the top of a mountain in Delphi, Greece. And at this temple site there for many, many, many years from about 1400 BC to 381 AD, so for a long time, there was an active temple there where people would go to have their fortunes told, basically. But the fortunes were not done in the way that you might think of, you know, a gypsy fortune teller today. They were done um, in different methods, okay? So Imagine yourself as a pilgrim, and you are walking up the side of the mountain. Uh, You pass by a natural spring, and you keep walking, and perhaps you pick up some leaves of a laurel plant because the laurel was sacred to Apollo, and this was Apollo's shrine. And then you continue up, up, up. You're gonna pass some sculptures and then you're going to come into the temple area. And at the temple, there's different ways that your fortune could be told through the oracle. One is the leaves that are rustling through the trees and how they are rustling, the sound they make might uh, tell you something about uh, the future. Okay. Um, Another was that they had this bowl and a priest would hold the bowl and in it were many strings that were of different colors and lengths and you would reach into the bowl and then you would pull out a string and then whichever string you pulled out would tell you something about your future. And we actually don't know much about what those different lengths and colors might have been and meant, but we have old references and texts to that method, but not how to decipher it. <laughs> and another method for having your question answered, because I should clarify that everyone who walked to the top of the the Oracle of Delphi Temple, they would have some sort of a question about their future in mind. Uh, maybe they me- needed to make a big decision. Heck, maybe they had an art project they weren't sure how to complete. That Whatever it was, they would go to this place with a specific question in mind. Okay, so another method for uh, deriving at the truth of the future was that they would go to a special room and they would fall asleep and have a revealing dream and this dream was said to uh, help them help guide them to the answer and they had priests who would help them to decipher their dreams and make sense of the symbols that were in their dreams um which by the way this method is called egg koi misi the act of going to a holy place specifically to fall asleep and dream for oracle purposes <laughs> is that is that a real phrase oracle purposes <laughs> i just made it up you know what i meant and then finally the fourth way you could get at a an oracle reading if you will, is to go on a day when the Pythia was going to do her predictions. And this is probably the most famous image from the Oracle of Delphi. There's been different paintings that have been done throughout the years on this subject. So imagine that there was a woman who was sitting on a cauldron and it's a a cauldron that's sitting on a tripod and below her there's a crack in the earth where gases are coming up through the crack and she is sitting there on this one day per month. She's been ritually cleansed, they've done a a sacrifice with some sort of animal and then on that day she can sit there and make predictions for people who would come in. So you could go ask her the answer to your question. And there were a lot of people in ancient Greece who would go to uh, get specific readings from the Pythia and from the other methods, the dreaming and the the strings and all of this. Um, And famously, some people in ancient Greece made major decisions about what battles to go into and how to deal with politics. Because of what the oracle had said, um, I should add that the gases coming out of the crack in the earth that was underneath, underneath the Pythia, the woman who's sitting on the, the cauldron, uh, we think that these gases had hallucinatory elements to them. It's debatable which type of gas was coming out, but there are gases that are underneath that, uh, sitting in the rocks w- underneath the mountain, and we think those were coming up through the crack, and that was making this person have these hallucinations. And It was apparently very hard on the women who were given the job of Pythia. Okay, so why do I share this with you? Um, First, I thought, oh, I just want to share it on the podcast. I thought, well, it's a little off topic, isn't it? It's It's not exactly about art, but here's something that I've started doing in the past few years based on my readings and study of dreams is whenever I have question in my mind whether it is how to deal with a creative art project or a question of where to go in my life I will sometimes lie down put myself in a dream state and think about that thing and see where my imagination and my mind goes the idea of which being that if I can see and open up to my unconscious mind and my unconscious feelings about the subject that I might have an inner knowing, uh, a, a more intuitive sense of how I should approach the subject. And there are a lot of different people who have done this method historically. You and you could say it starts with those ancient cultures people going to Delphi and other places to have dreams that would help them uh, make decisions. A few artists who have done this are Francis Bacon. Francis Bacon wrote, If I sit and daydream, the images wash by like a succession of colored slides. Van Gogh wrote, I dream my paintings, then I paint my dreams. And then finally, and this is the one I really want to talk about, Salvador Dali and his surrealist friends, they used dreams to channel their unconscious and to get art ideas. And Salvador Dali wrote a book called 50 Secrets of Magic Craftsmanship, And in it, he talks about the uh, key method. (laughs) So uh, what he would do is he would sit down in a chair and he would have a key, a heavy, old fashioned key in his hand. Okay, and he would relax and he would think about the art project or problem or whatever it was that he wanted to solve. And he'd think about it and think about it and allow his mind to wander and daydream. And then the second he's really starting to actually fall asleep, his hand would fall and the key would drop out of his hand and onto the ground. And then that sound would wake him back up And he wanted to wake himself up quickly because if he woke himself up quickly, then he could write down the ideas and images that he had seen in the daydream and articulate them. Because as we all know, we oftentimes forget our nighttime dreams because of the long cycle that the body goes through with dreaming. And by the way, I would highly recommend that if you want to remember your dreams for just analysis or if you're doing this key method to get new ideas for your artwork, um, write it down. Always have a notebook where you write down those dreams, whether nighttime or daydreams or whatever. So the whole idea of this is that we want to get at our unconscious mind because our unconscious mind is more... um, it is closer to our instincts it's closer to our bodily self it's closer to our primal human urges and perhaps at the true nature of who we really are so a lot of artists and a lot of you know psychologists they want to Get at that unconscious mind so that we can get closer to our true nature. And certainly, our true nature, I think, will ideally show us symbols, images, that will resonate with not just our personal selves, but with everyone. And this is what's called an archetypal symbol. When you have symbols that are from our primal bodily instincts, those images ideally should be universal and tell us something about the human experience and something about every person that lives on the planet, not just ourselves. So let's go back to our quote of the day by Aristotle. Now, Aristotle, I wanted to kind of tie in with him partially because he is an ancient Greek, right? And, you know, he certainly would have heard of the Oracle of Delphi. His quote was, the aim of art is to represent not the outward appearance of things, but their inner significance. Art completes what nature cannot bring Finish, the artist gives us knowledge of nature's unrealized ends. So, what did he mean by this? I think it's funny because the first time I read this quote, the aim of art is to represent not the outward appearance of things but their inner significance, I thought, oh, that sounds like, um, you know, one of the uh, expressionist painters because it's talking about how. The purpose of art is to bring forth our inner feelings and experience of life on this planet. And then Aristotle goes on to say, art completes what nature cannot bring to finish. The artist gives us knowledge of nature's unrealized ends. So in that, he's saying that nature and the, the true nature of things, the essence of things, is reflected in artwork. And it's showing us, giving us knowledge of ourselves and the way things are. And And he's partially responding when he says this to Plato. So Aristotle was Plato's pupil. Said another way, Plato was Aristotle's teacher. (laughs) And Plato had this notion that art was just fakery because it's just trying to copycat the natural world, but it's not actually the natural world. So if you have a sculpture of a man, it's not actually a man. So It's this just cheapy copy is the way Plato saw artwork. And Aristotle's saying, no, in that copy is this imitation that has an authentic ring of truth to it. It's mirroring, it's reflecting back the natural world in a way that is authentic and wonderful and we can learn about ourselves from it so having said all this I invite you to try the key method to try the uh, oracle at Delphi method of egg koi misi I have to look at the piece of paper and read it <laughs> and sound it out e g k o i m i s i egg koi misi <laughs> This method of using your dreams to get at the answer to a question, any question, whether creative or uh, how to deal with the things that are going on in your life. Try it out. Try Salvador Dali's key method and see if you come up with creative new ways to solve the problem. One of the ideas behind this is that we know deep down how we should or could solve a problem. If we can just quiet the analytical mind, the ego mind that's constantly swirling and planning. If we can quiet that down and get to the inner realm of ourselves perhaps we can get at a more authentic truth that's the ideal Uh, have fun sweet dreams everybody and until next time this concludes the alchemy of art podcast may these thoughts and stories comfort and heal your spirit may you be filled with inspiration May you be like the lotus flower and build your home in the muddy water. May you find your voice.